Hello, listeners of the Calvary Cast. Welcome in episode 77. We are on. I am uh, one of the hosts, Graham Parker. Jess, Jess, what is your middle name? Brandon. Brandon? Uh-huh. I don't think I knew that. Jess, do now. <laughs> Jessifer Brandon Will, uh, Miller. I just forgot your last name. Jessifer. Jessifer is the other co-host, and today we have a guest on the podcast. A, he's, he's a repeat guest. A repeat guest. Yes. Mr. Aaron Tomas. Aaron Tomas. Don't mess up, Aaron. Don't mess up, Aaron. You done messed up, Aaron. So, uh, and mine's David. If you wanted to know. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Aaron, so, Aaron yeah, David. In case you wanted to know, Aaron David Tomas. That's right. Very biblical. My names are. It's Thomas. As far, as far as he doubted. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, that's true. That's uh, the uh, eloquent speaking mouthpiece, Aaron. For okay. Moses, and okay. then you got David, the man right. after God's own heart, which I do aspire to. But, and then Thomas, who he had to see, he had to put his hand yeah. in the scars. So there you go. I choose to live by faith more than that, than by sight. Yeah, oh. you don't strike me as a doubter. Not so much. No, no. So, uh, or skeptic by yeah. nature, anyway. That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, no. I'm melancholy not, at either. times. Melancholy at times, but not a doubter. Right. Yeah. Are you a doubter, Graham? A skeptic? Well, I'm sitting here pondering your conversations. and uh, No, I don't think I really... (laughs) It depends, I guess, on what. If it's the ability for, like, my beloved Nebraska Cornhuskers to win anything, (laughs) yes. Uh, Yes. If it's doubting the Word of God, no. Right. Um, So it depends on the context. Yeah. Context is king. Context is king. I suppose it matters for everybody what the context is. Well, we are here. Uh, I'm assuming that's the end of our banter because I don't really have Let's to stop banting. Banter. Although last time we could ask Aaron's opinion on uh, the Will Smith, the Will Chris Smith Rock debacle. Slap. That was We talked about that in our last podcast. Oh, this actually I wanted to ask you. Do you listen to our podcast? Um, occasionally, but I uh, will ad- publicly confess my sin. I am not a faithful listener. So don't. Oh, I need, I to, need to find that. a here. Oh. oh, it didn't even work. I had a sound effect that I tried to play there, and it's supposed to be like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I made uh, one, so. though. I made my own. So okay, that works. So I have thought I need to add that as a habit into my life, but no. that I, would do, be, I do from time to time. It so. is officially been named one of the spiritual disciplines now. Okay. <laughs> it's listening to our <laughs> It should be uh, Bible time, Calvary cast time. Yeah. And we put out one a week, so you can listen to the same one seven times and commit it to memory. Yes. That's a good idea. Commit it to memory. Commit wow. it to memory. Hide <laughs> wow. the Calvary cast in your heart. Anyway. Careful. You're going into sacred ground there, buddy. That's right. Uh, so we are doing a little podcast with A.A. Ron on board because well, Jess and I, as you loyal listeners, unlike Aaron, would know, we <laughs> regularly do these podcasts where it's a kind of follow-up on sermons where we bring out things that weren't able to be covered in a sermon, didn't have enough time or just things that stood out in study, and it turns into a whole topic on its own. So we thought, since A.A. Ron preached by the time this podcast drops two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. uh, let's bring him on, because we thought, hey, there's some things that he preached on that we'd like to bring out more in a podcast, and uh, you would like to bring out more. Mm -hmm. So would you, uh, with your loquaciousness, Loquaciousness. uh, serenade the ears of the people with a brief summary of what your sermon was about uh, in a minute. Okay. So again, for your sake, because I know you love alliteration, 
Yeah, that's right. And, yes. uh, and I was questioned by my wife, can you use a point that you already used previously? But uh, mm. the main points were that of submission, subjection, submission, mm. and that we should be walking in submission to God okay. and serving him. And when we fall out of that and using that text there in, in uh, Hosea with regards to how Ephraim, particularly the northern kingdom, had really— They'd gotten fat and lazy mm-hmm. with their service to the Lord, and then they got arrogant about it, and they fell into idolatry. Right. And so because of that, then God brought them into subjection. Mm-hmm. And there was warning to other members of God's people that he, they were going to face that as well. Once we come into God's subjection or discipline, that should cause us then to submit back to him mm-hmm. and walk with him and desire to live a righteous life. Yeah. And so that was the quick of it. And then this is a, that's a very agricultural type passage, and so a lot of pictures there yeah. uh, using the agricultural husbandry-type uh, wording. Which we didn't even mention what the passage was, for those who didn't know. So it's Hosea yeah. 10, 11, and 12. I'll just read that, and then we kind of jump into what we're going to talk right. about. But uh, Hosea 10, 11 says, Ephraim was a trained calf that loved to thresh, and I spared her fair neck. But I will put Ephraim to the yoke. Judah must plow. Jacob must harrow for himself. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. So, where we want to go with the remainder of the podcast is to talk about that phrase, break up your fallow ground. Um, What is that phrase implying? So, I think it's definitely applying to two aspects of the human life, and that is your mind which is where we think about and know God and our heart, which reflects that aspect of love, devotion. And, uh, you know, it's been referred to as, in I think, places in, in the Hebrew text that it was the bowels. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that aspect of our love and our devotion and also what we know and mm. think about God. And okay. so I, I think that it's it's all that center of who we are as a person yeah. and our relationship with God and fallow in husbandry terms. That's the idea that it has grown weedy or hard. Okay, and that it's it's ineffective at that point for productivity for fruitfulness. So I was just digging in my garden, yes, not too long ago, and the ground was not fallow. It was very soft and loose, and because I did things to it over the winter, excellent. I thought that was great. So uh, I thought about that as I was. Yeah, I, I hoped that in the message, that was one of the things that as we walk through life and see things, right. that there would be that, yeah. that uh, referencing back to the scripture, and yeah. because it is, it's a very illustrative text. Right. So let's talk about then how. So well, like, before we do yeah. that, the part of the, so that your point being your first points uh, or your main points, your alliterated points, right. A submission, what was the second one? Subjection. Subjection, submission, right? Yes. But like with Israel, they were no longer submitting. Mm. They right? were no longer So that that's point. the whole, so now the ground is. Is fallow. Fallow and unproductive. Oh. Yep. And so God is commanding them to break up the fallow ground. Yeah. And that's As where we're leading into right. now, which is. How. How do we do that? Ap- applicable ways, practical ways we do that. You know, and just before we even. So this is how this whole podcast is going to go. You'll say something, and then we'll just jump off of it. And exactly. We won't ever get to the main point because we spent so much time bounding <laughs> off the other points. But uh, it's a call of grace for when the Lord says, break up the fallow ground mm-hmm. in your heart. It right? is. Because to Israel here, like this is at a point in time where they're about to be 
removed entirely. Like the deal is done, and yet the Lord is still saying to them, "Break up your fallow ground." Yeah. So it's a it's a gracious call from the Lord. And I think like we also have to acknowledge that I think just through experience in the Christian life, we all realize we can get that way. Yep. <laughs> we we get this problem, and even if it's not our whole heart, so to speak, you talked about the corners of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you meant, yeah. the Yeah, and, and I, I might say those are the dark places or those, as to use scripture, the sins which so easily besets mm-hmm. us. Right, okay. And those are the times when we almost go, to use a Lord of the Rings reference, go golem with it, that those are our precious areas yeah. that we don't want to give up. Right. And, and we become hideous yeah, well, even, in those dark corners. Well, because I was just watching Lord of the Rings the mm-hmm. other night. Oh, wow. Again. And Which one? The first one. Oh, I'm yeah. starting the trilogy over again. And watch, I just watch them like in 20, 25-minute yeah. segments or whatever. But it was the part where uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins and uh, the wizard... Gandalf. Uh, Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. We're in uh, bef- before Bilbo, Bilbo still had to ring at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he's trying to say, oh, yeah, it's time I get rid of this or whatever. Puts it back in his pocket and he's about oh, to leave. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's when Gandalf says, Bilbo, the ring is still in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. he's, and to me, that's a picture of not really willing to repent of yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just hold it there. And so he had to take it out, and the only thing he could do with it is drop it and then run out, basically. Right. He, and just prior to that, he actually, go, you know, for the sake of illustration with it, he c- accuses Gandalf of wanting it for himself. Yeah, mm. right. And so how we can do that as well. Yeah. So that really is... Mm. That was a really good Maybe that should be the podcast next Theology time, according to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we could go so, through it and then see things like that. Well, everything I've read, up. Tolkien was a believer from what I've read about him, so... Yeah, but I don't right. think he meant it as allegory. No. So, yeah. but we won't go into Tolkienism. Yeah, that would be a nerd, nerd alert, nerd oh, alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back yes. to the fallow ground we breaking go. up. Yeah, yeah. fallow ground. <laughs> Practical. It happens to all of us when we're not in submission and either completely in our lives right. or in other areas right. or right. certain areas, whatever. Now the ground's fallow. Boom. What do we do? How do we do this? Okay. Think, first thing I'm going to point out here, and we can talk about this. Uh, it happens by the Spirit. Yes. Right. I think that's, we, well, you can start there uh, by the Spirit. John 16, Jesus says, I'm going to send the Spirit. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Uh, so there has to be, uh, the Spirit is at work, and he's bringing, so even like Sunday, I'm sitting there listening to you and thinking like, there are obviously areas in my heart that are fallow. That's the conviction of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was thinking about this at the same time, uh, like, Sometimes, well, Paul talks about the spirit being quenched or the spirit being grieved. Right. Uh, so his work can be, I don't know how I want to phrase this, uh, hindered. Would that be a good way to put that? By like continual sin, by fallow ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it begins there. Thought. Which is very applicable because what is he wanting to produce in us? The right. fruit. The fruit, yeah. Which, again, goes to that idea of having that fertile soil of our heart right. and our mind. Yeah, because he says, you know, break up the fallow ground of your— uh, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness mm-hmm. upon you. Right. And so that idea of that it's ultimately going to be God producing the fruit. Yeah, right. 
in, in our lives or in this area. But there is still responsibility, clearly, right. yeah, for us to— because he tells to, us, so for yourselves righteousness. Right. right. And so there's clearly, we have to be participatory in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to sow, we've got to address that fallow ground. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So all that to say, then, it's this work by the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit, we work. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is, like, a helpful thing to think about, because otherwise you're left, well, I am responsible to break up the fallow ground on my own. And mm-hmm. that's not, well, because like you, you don't want to dig into the corners of your heart sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And also uh, anything done in your own power is going to ultimately fail. Right. And I think what we're about to talk about is we'll see that all of the ways in which we we break up the fallow ground of our heart are things that God has given us to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in other words, they come from God and they're yep. the, accompanied with the power of God and yeah. the spirit of God. Yeah. Okay. So second thing. The word, the word of God is used to break up the fallow ground of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, first passage that comes to my mind is Hebrews four. The word of God is like a sword, double-edged sword. It's cutting. It's uh, living. It's, it's active. Right. Uh, how many times can each of us, from personal experience, talk about I'm I'm reading a passage and all of a sudden like I'm cut to the quick mm-hmm. by this, mm-hmm. uh, convicted by it. Uh, so so the word is. A primary instrument used by the Spirit to break up the fallow ground of our hearts. Yeah. Though, how do we use the Word? Because I'm just thinking about something here. Yeah. The first part is, of course, we're reading it mm-hmm. on our daily yeah. basis. So, in other words, there should be this. So, so Jesus t- teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, mm-hmm. um, which implies to me every day we're kind of praying to God for his help to not have fallow ground okay Mm. just in applying Mm -hmm. it to what we're talking about today sure and so every time we go before the word in our daily walk yeah so let's say in our daily devotional time there should be this prayerfulness of Mm. show me who i am show me where the problems are and help me work with this didn't david said this in one of the psalms uh 139 uh, Uh, maybe the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight oh lord or something thought why am I not? Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I, I know at the end he says, "See if there is any wicked or hurtful." Yeah, way Yeah, that's what. I, that's, that's the yeah. idea. So, and, and and that comes after him, and we like to quote that, but that comes right after him saying, "Do I not hate those who blaspheme your name?" Right. I mean, he's being righteous in his indignation. Then he says, "Search me, O God. Yes, mm-hmm. know me, and see if there be any wicked or hurtful way in me." And so, the one of the ways the Spirit uses the Word to show us mm-hmm. as we're reading, and I know that's probably happened to all of us here. Yeah. Uh, we're reading the Bible and all of a sudden like, wow, I'm so guilty of that. Mm -hmm, Or mm -hmm. something will hit you like, man, I've been thinking in this way for so long and this isn't right, Mm -hmm, you know. So the word has that effect and is able to do that. Yeah, and one of the illustrations as you're talking about that daily aspect comes to my mind is what Psalm 119 talks about, which, again, that whole chapter is all All about about the word of God. But that it is a lamp and a light to our feet and our path. That's step by step, moment by moment. That's not the whole journey. That's the day in, day out, step by step yeah. as we walk. Not to go into the tune there, but uh, um, and even like Rich Mullen's tune. How just oh, so, somebody so. Ilu- I heard somebody illustrate that once in their teaching, and they were talking about just like a, a lamp that they would be using going down a path mm-hmm. wouldn't light up. You know, six blocks down the road. You yeah. know, it's just right. right in front of them. Right, yeah. kind of does that. But I'm thinking Second Timothy three, of course. Uh, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, 
reproof, mm. correction, and training in righteousness. Yeah. Right. So, so to yourself, you know, we need, when we have fellow ground, we need the reproof, the correction, that is the way we should be going, mm-hmm. and then the training in righteousness. Yeah. So for yourself, righteousness. Well, clearly then the word of God is through the spirit of God, the word of God is the key component to yeah. that or one of yeah. them. Once again, it goes with this text. Ephraim was a trained calf. God had trained them in, in their service to him. And here they walked away from that into idolatry. They were failing. They, they abandoned to, the word. Right, exactly. And so they weren't letting that yeah. direct them. Right. And mm-hmm. thus they fell into that idolatry. And so God wants to train us in all those aspects. There's kind of like this undergirding thing with all of this. that It's something we talk about a lot, but you can never rehash enough. The importance of just being in the Word all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you can't get away from it. And it's like Aaron said Sunday in the message, he said something to the effect of that. Like, if you're not in the Word every day, you're in in real trouble. I mean... um, Wow, that's almost verbatim. Was it? Was that yeah, how you, you said it? Yeah, yeah I, I just remember that, it. That it if you're not clear. ingesting and internalizing it, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, there. I think a lot of times we people don't go to the word because one, they have not. It's not a priority. They don't see the necessity of. So they're not taking by faith what God has said, mm-hmm. and and believing and obeying. Uh, so therefore, they just don't make it a priority. Other and things crowded out. That's right, and they probably have a lot of areas of fallow ground, and they're probably not producing much spiritual fruit. And they're probably not aware of it entirely. Either. That's right. Yeah. And if they would be more in the Word, they would start seeing more of these right. problems and issues, and the Spirit could then help them and and guide them with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Along with this idea of the Word, it's more than just reading the Word. I think the Word preached. Mm-hmm. Is uh, and taught mm-hmm. at the local church. So we've level. gone from personal down all preaching. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, to its corporate, <laughs> but there's so when we when I come to a service like I came Sunday, mm-hmm. excited that I didn't have to preach, right. even though I love to preach. Mm-hmm. But I I was excited, you know. Hey, this Sunday I don't have to, and I can just be preached to. So when I told you in my office for the service, I was like, man, I'm ready to hear some preaching now. Yep. Preach at me or whatever. <laughs> so that idea though is that 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 God uses messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And le- Sunday school lessons, other things. If the word is being expounded, then he uses that to break up the right. fallow ground of our hearts. Yeah. Be- because uh, the, really, the goal of like any preaching and teaching is to apply the word, to explain it, mm-hmm. and to apply it to specific situations in ways that, like, if you're uh, not as familiar with the the word, right? It's helpful to have somebody else like do that for you. you yeah. Know? Uh, which and you're doing as well to go back to the spirit, which we brought up, he gifts right. and empowers those, and he, it's a, it's a specific right. spiritual gift that of preachers and teachers. Yep. And so again, he's using that with the insight and ability he's given that individual to help us then gain understanding and wisdom. So again, it's a beautiful thing what mm-hmm. God is doing yep. in and through His people. And again, all the spiritual gifts, what are they to do? They're to build up the body yeah. of Christ. Ephesians right. four. And so on the piggyback on that before we move on to the next one, <laughs> the word preached then, very next chapter, 2 Timothy 4, mm. right after he says the profitableness of the word, mm-hmm. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Mm. Be ready in season, out season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So... Good preaching, then, is going to contain things mm. like 
using the Bible to reprove and rebuke and exhort. Mm -hmm. I don't think that means yelling at people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like the old hyper fundamentalists uh, calling actually people out by name (laughs) who are sitting in the congregation. (laughs) I think it means though, in general, saying things like we all have areas of fallow ground and here's what you need to do about it or here's what the Bible says about it so that then the spirit, the spirit then is really the one who rebukes, right? He's the one that drives that into the heart. And then we're like, yeah, I got to do something about this. And then you're helping them see how to do that. So if you want to break up the fallow ground of your heart, then read the Bible and submit yourself to the preaching and teaching of the Bible. These are God's means of breaking up fallow ground. Get yourself in the word. Yep. And again, all connected to the Holy Spirit because he's the one who inspired the word. He's the one who illumines and quickens our minds to understand it. And then obviously the conviction, it's just, it's so intertwined. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, it's wondrous. Yeah. And that's why I do get excited and, you know, even still your thunder like I did Sunday, because it turns (laughs) up within me thoughts about scriptures that I've studied, um, because I stole Graham's thunder about the sandals. Oh, no, Sunday uh, night in Ruth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other topic. We won't go there. Right. You had something all set. I did. I was going to hit, I was going to drop it, and then Aaron's like, hold on, guys. Not quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think that was a good impersonation. No, it was. I don't know. I don't have good Aaron impersonation. All right, third thing, uh, to break up the follow ground of our heart, the follow ground of our heart. I can't speak people, God's mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Right. So here, I think specifically of Hebrews chapter three. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That word hardened, right? That's exactly a picture of fallow ground. Mm-hmm. Fallow ground is hard. And so here the writer of Hebrews is saying there's a responsibility on the part of Christians to be exhorting one another, to do the things that Second Timothy three and Second Timothy four say to do, right? The we're apply we're seeking to apply the word to people's hearts. Um. So and that's what good preaching is doing. That's involving a person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we think about uh, the necessity then of being in Christian fellowship mm-hmm. and uh, opening yourself up to, mm-hmm. yeah, receive that correction and mm-hmm. instruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James five twenty. Let him know know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings. Mm-hmm. Will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And First Peter four eight above all keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And that's that idea of of people speaking into our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, it's Paul Tripp that uses the illustration that we're supposed to be kind of like mirrors, like we're holding up the mirror of God's word mm-hmm. to other people, mm-hmm. which and, is James, which is James exactly mm-hmm. the mirror yeah. of God's word, and and it, the word of God uh, rightly applied by God's people, uh, like Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love, that's what the Lord uses to bring about change. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, so how many times can we think about that fact, uh, somebody doing that to us and it breaking up the fallow ground mm-hmm. of our heart? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I think about a specific application of that, like would be confrontation. So in second or in first Corinthians, Five, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he's addressing that sexual sin that was reported among them that wasn't even, was a kind that Gentiles don't even tolerate, oh, yeah. right? And by 2 Corinthians 7, they've repented. Mm-hmm. So here is, this is one of the ways that the Lord breaks up the fallow ground of our hearts. 
Um, Matthew 18 talks about that with going exactly. to them in private to one another. Mm-hmm. Again, that per- interpersonal relationship. And then involving even if they choose not to repent, those elders yeah. that go forth. And mm-hmm. so now there's witnesses. And then it comes to the whole body of Christ. And so, so there is that aspect of the people of God working right. together. And the heart of there should be reconciliation, right. restoration out of repentance. You know, and this this means like, and we talk a lot about like, you know, the importance of relationships in the context of local body, fellowship, things like that. But this means that there's more, there's a spiritual life to be found mm-hmm. in the fellowship of God's people more than just friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think we often think that's kind of the pinnacle of church life and relationships is friendship, camaraderie with people in a similar age, stage of life, how similar interests, but it's not, there's a much deeper and more important purpose. And even this aspect of, of confrontation or of, you know, he, the writer of Hebrews is talking about in chapter three, uh, that that's probably going to come from people that are older, more mature, wiser, uh, who can see areas of our lives and be like, hold on, let me hold up the mirror of God's word. Been there, done that, that type of thing, you right. know, where they're like, hey, I'm pleading right. you on your behalf, please. Right. I want to save mm. you from some pain. Right, yeah. And so then, and I think the other thing, too, is, well, there's also a, an admonition here to how we do that. So if we're the one that's bringing that, you know, keep in mind, Ephesians 4, you're speaking the truth, but in love, mm-hmm. right? And what's your desire uh, for that person? But then also the uh, heart that's ready to receive that correction mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. instruction, right? Uh, do I have a heart that is soft, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to receive that? Which is kind of what we're trying to address is that exactly. aspect of breaking up yeah. that hollow ground. And I, I'll throw out the word accountability as well, mm-hmm. that there's that accountability where we've now allowed ourselves to be vulnerable to someone and, and say, okay, here's here are the dark recesses of my heart. Mm-hmm. You need to know this so that you can help me and speak into my life. And, and my mind goes to what it says in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another in, in Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, And accountability isn't just, hey, I'm going to check in once in a while. It really shouldn't be. And that's what it a lot of times defaults to is, hey, how you been? Mm-hmm. But that iron sharpening iron, that's two imperfect things passing against each other. And if you think about the idea of sharpening a, a blade, there's there's proper force there's proper um, angle and it really someone who can sharpen a blade is skilled with it, but it also takes time. Mm-hmm. And those two imperfect things are passing against each other. Mm. And so, yeah, there's going to be times when it does sting a little bit, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's calling us to be iron. Mm. And unfortunately at times within the body of Christ, we're not iron. We're a wrecking ball or a yeah. speed bump right. to right. people and we're damaging. Right. We're, we're not holding skilled. people up. Yeah. yeah. And that's where again, to take that time to really learn the word of God mm-hmm. and have those that can speak properly and show. Mm-hmm. And so not only from the preaching teaching, but that, that personal interaction with those that uh, yeah. are skilled with that. And mm-hmm. uh, boy, we see examples of that all throughout with Paul and Barnabas and, mm. and then Timothy and, and just there's so many others, Peter, Peter referencing Paul, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that it is, it, it's an interpersonal and that's how God made us. Mm. Yeah. Final thing that I have, and if you have anything else, we can add it. But the final one I have is how to have the fallow ground of our heart being broke up. How does the Lord do it? Uh, I think through physical infirmities and suffering. Yeah. 
Uh, and the thing that comes to my mind is, again, Paul in Second Corinthians 12 with the thorn in his flesh, even though we wouldn't say Paul had a heart that was fallow by any means. But the point is that the Lord used it, uh, right? So he says that I might not become conceited, mm-hmm. uh, might not have a f- heart that's hard. Uh, and, and then I learned that the Lord's grace was sufficient, right? So uh, I can even think of, of instances where, where people have gone through um, severe affliction and suffering and their heart was maybe hardened to the Lord before that, and and the Lord used those trials to break up the fallow ground. Now, I don't think that this is it. I'm not saying like go seek, <laughs> you know, like uh, go seek that. But it's one of the means which the Lord might use uh, in our hearts and lives to break up our hearts. And I think Hebrews 12 is what that really is talking about too, because that's the discipline of the Lord that yeah. we're not supposed to mm-hmm. regard lightly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and he disciplines the ones he loves. And I think sometimes we think about that in terms of, I did something wrong, something bad happens, the Lord's disciplining me. But I think in the context of Hebrews 12, it was them suffering for believing in Jesus, right? And tempted to turn away from that because of the suffering. And the author is kind of saying, this that you're enduring right now, is the discipline of your loving heavenly father. And so like in what you're saying, it's this idea of uh, trials Mm. and suffering or persecution. And he says, um, they disciplined us. He's talking about, you know, we should be in subjection to the father, the father, Mm -hmm. because we would be in subjection to our earthly father disciplines us. He says, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness Mm. to those who have been trained by it. Mm. So the spirit producing fruit of righteousness in us through the suffering, and we're connecting that to this loving Heavenly Father who's putting me through something that's very painful, but he knows I need it, yeah. and it's for my good, yeah. and it's training me, and later it's going rev- to produce the righteousness. And that is interesting how he puts it, later it yields the peaceful fruit mm-hmm. of righteousness. Because I know a lot of times when people are suffering, um, it, it's hard for them to think about how this is producing righteousness yeah. or whatever. In them. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes I think it's after yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that fruit is born. And it's probably because the fallow ground of the heart's being mm. broken up mm. and they don't even know it. And yeah. God's helping them do that and God's doing that. And then it's bearing this fruit yeah. later. So, mm. yeah. And you think about that the vine dresser prunes the vine so it'll bear more fruit. And I don't know if you guys have ever had the privilege of actually being in a vineyard and working with someone. Uh, I got I actually got to do that. And it is, it's an arduous work. And so you think about that, that vine that, He's the vine. Mm-hmm. And as they prune back, then they, those shoots come out, and they actually are trained mm-hmm. for where they're going to be at on that uh, vine dressing yeah. so that then the fruit then is produced mm-hmm. out of that, which goes back all to that, off the branch, goes back to that vine, I which hope. is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so that work, it, it is, it's an arduous work, and then produces the fruit. Right, yeah. And uh, boy, I tell you, if you ever do it, your hands will be wore out. Right. Mm-hmm. 
because it is it's it's a hard work actually. Yeah. And, I uh, hope um I hope it was a grape juice vineyard. I don't know what they did afterwards, <laughs> but uh <laughs> I know these were conservative oh, people. Here. I can hold neither affirm nor deny what they did <laughs> for the fruit of this vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> there there it go. is. Yeah. Uh, um knowing them they would uh, they would have only produced grape juice. <laughs> it was, uh, but yeah. what people that they sold it to did, that's right. a different story. They made some delicious wine to warm the heart, or what does the proverb yeah, say? She, wine makes the heart glad. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's not what the podcast is. That's Too right. much makes right. you stupid. There yep. we go. But anyway, and then that's you have a not hard the heart. heart. The one other thing I'm going to add, add is, uh, were you doing that? Do I have something in my nose? No, I was scratching my oh, nose. Oh, okay, because you're doing that, and that's sometimes the sign that you have that's something in your nose. <laughs> Oh, anyway, maybe we should almost end this. But let me add one more thing. Prayer. Yeah. Mm. Because even this morning as I was reading the word and like we're talking about, something was, God was speaking to me through the word Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. something. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to be that way. Help me not to be that way. Right. Well, that's breaking up the fallow ground in your heart. We pray the word back to God about things or just confession of sin. And that is important what you just said, praying the word. Yes. Because now we're identifying with his truth. We're we're mm. acknowledging that and, and submitting to it. Right. Um, as we do that and the and a sense empowering ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And I think like first so. John one, the, the idea of confessing sin obviously includes prayer. Mm-hmm. The confession of sin, then you're knowing you're forgiven. It helps keep that so, uh, the heart softened yeah. and and feeling forgiven. Uh, in in that in the fellowship with God, because otherwise, if we start harboring sin, mm. then that also is where um, the ground gets hardened and fallowed. Mm. Whereas if we're confessing it constantly and our mm-hmm. hearts stained softened towards the Lord, and then we're experiencing that blessing of knowing forgiveness, yeah. there's always that sting that yeah. comes right when you're when you're confessing sin regularly. That that is soft, and then you sin, and it's like ah, like right, yeah. it hurts. I guess I would throw in thinking of our worship service aspect of it, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, mm. and spiritual songs, yeah. because there's another aspect where we can, because uh, it says He's given us a new song mm-hmm. within our hearts and the work that He's done, and so uh, I think a heart that is broken up before God is going to sing to Him. Hey, yeah. and I like that. Going to sing point. His praises, yep. and and again, mm. it should be good scripturally. Hmm. Building up edifying language within those songs, and that's what good music does. Yeah, and and uh, especially the sacred music and stuff like that. But I'll admit, even some of the stuff that I like to rock out to <laughs> motivates me and drives me <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. to do that confession yeah. of sin and ooh, break up the foul ground of my heart. <laughs> so, but uh, but that I think that's important as we talk thrasher, about that. thrasher music, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Heavy. So <laughs> good. I had to get that in there for you. That was good. Now, how long is this podcast right this now? This is right, 35 minutes. Now, imagine if you would have added another 35 minutes onto your sermon, applying it in all these ways. It yes. wouldn't have worked, right? No, everybody no. would have uh, scourged me. Scourged Which is me. why we do this. This is why we this do this. works out wonderfully. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, Aaron. Oh, it's a privilege. So. Uh, you're the first person who's ever t- tried to do thrasher music on the podcast. So Excellent. That's pretty, pretty Excellent. cool. Excellent. Well, we hope this podcast has been helpful and an encouragement to you as you think about uh, how the Lord works to break up the fallow ground of your heart and an encouragement because uh, it's not all dependent upon us, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, this isn't a do more, try harder. This is, these are God's graces that he has provided to change us. And so I hope people are encouraged as they, as they think about that. 
Uh, We always love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, come up and talk to us. Send us a text or give us a phone call. You can listen to the podcast on various platforms. I should plug this a little bit. Uh, We're on Amazon Music now. So, Aaron, you don't have an excuse if you're an Amazon Music listener. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, if Stitcher's even a thing anymore. Wow. So, go, as they say on the other podcast, like, rate, review, love, share, right? If it's cool, do that. There you go. All right. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So, until next time.